Hey, 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 folks, welcome back. Another great episode. Today's Zooming In from Northern Kentucky. We've got Mr. Josh Appleman, who is a, an accomplished real estate investor and a syndicator focusing on multifamily properties. So, Josh, welcome. Great to see you. Hey, how are we doing, Dave? I appreciate you uh, having me on the show here and uh, looking yeah. forward to our conversation. Well, me too, man. Me too. So first of all, tell us, how'd you get into this this world of real estate? Because I because I understand you're entrepreneurial and you've kind of gone from one business venture into the business of real estate investing. So tell us yeah. how that happened. Yeah, it definitely did not start with real estate. And um, you know, years ago, I, I couldn't care less about real estate and all, all reality. I wanted to, to make money and transactional income was the, the fastest and um, uh, least resistance path of, of getting there. So go out, make money and uh, bring it home, go out tomorrow and do it again. So, uh, so transactional income, what does that mean to you? Uh, you're, you're, you're essentially giving your time for money. Um, you make that, uh, that money one time and you go have to go and make that money one time again and again and again, um, until the end of time, some choose. So, so what was the business that you were in prior to real estate? I grew up in construction, new construction. Um, so I knew the trades. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate my background because now it's, it's, uh, it's very, um, uh, enlightening. When I go into a, a large multifamily complex, we already know what we're looking for. So it's, it, it saves us a ton, a ton of time, effort, energy, and money. And we're able to, to have returns based on my, my history and um, experience. Um, I started a flooring company in 2008 into nine. And then um, I turned that company into a much, much larger company with um, 200 plus um, installation crews going out each day, nine locations, wow. 52 employees. Um, it didn't happen overnight, uh, but we we certainly accelerated our growth when we picked when, when we got our sweet spot. Uh, Inc. 500, 5,000 list, five years in a row. Um, we were uh, we were at around 10 and a half million per year generating, and um, you know it was all. It got to a point where it was all on the back of a large corporate conglomerate. And it, it, the the intention of the company was never that, of course, starting out. But you know, we had multiple accounts and bi primarily business to business. Um, and it got to a point where there's a partnership opportunity to where I could focus a lot of attention, effort, and energy on one account. Um, we we still had other accounts coming in, but our focus was on one account. We grew we grew substantially around that one account. And um, anything anybody that's been in corporate before. You know that uh, the change of of um, leadership at the top equals changes all that trickles all the way down. So yeah, one one is a dangerous number. That that's a very very dangerous number in in yeah. business. That's for sure. So did well, something and, happened that it wasn't that fun. Well, it was, it was essentially um, sell your territory or get pushed out of your territory by an even larger company. Wow. So on our end, uh, my end, it was building, uh, putting my heart, effort, energy into growing out the company and in multiple states, multiple locations, 52 employees. I mean, we had a, a great infrastructure and uh, felt like we were very much in our infancy still, not even in our prime, just infancy because the uh, trajectory was uh, so great. But um, you, you can't stop corporate from making decisions. Yeah. And um yeah, you know, it, it took me, it was a great experience, great ride. I mean, I was early, late 20s, early 30s when um, uh, through the entire experience. So it, it definitely, uh, it was great. Yeah. It's just at the end, though, it was enlightening of my next, what I choose to go into next is, is going to be based on where I want to be 
and uh, in my own decisions of 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 how hard and fast I want to go. I don't want someone else coming in and turning my light switch off, so to speak, right. or saying no more growth. So that's um, yeah that 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 is a whew, that's a tough experience to go through, man. So what what made you decide to go from that into real estate, and then how did you get started in, in active real estate investing? So uh, everyone knows or might not know, but uh, all 90% of millionaires are, are millionaires from real estate. So knowing that, but, but really, how do you, what is real estate investing? How do you get there? What do you do? I, I picked up the book that a lot of people have picked up, Rich Dad, Board Ed, and that was truly a mind shift book. So I knew, all right, this is what I need to get into. And this was, this was before uh, things had to change, but this was, I knew that I wanted to get into real estate. We built this 15,000 square foot office um, for my my other company and, and built this real estate, this, this office before I even cared about real estate. I, I, yeah. I cared about the company and the growth of the company. Um, but I knew that I needed to, to get into real estate and and uh, I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what investing in real estate meant. The uh, the caps, the uh, the returns, NOI, none of that. It was it was a it's it's been a journey of learning the the industry, learning the language, learning the metrics. Um, but I had to have a mind shift, and and rich dad poor dad was the pivotal moment for me. So what did you start doing? Uh, at, my first purchase was a thirty three unit apartment complex, and um, it it certainly did. It wasn't a quick road there at all. I mean, I had to get over um, the 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 fear syndrome of investing into anything in real estate in general. I mean, once you make your first deal, then it's it's almost an addiction. Now you've got to go out and get your second deal, but it took a lot for me just to, to do a 33 unit, of course, but I knew exactly what I was looking for. And I knew, I knew the, I knew the numbers. I knew how much the thing was worth, uh, according to the, uh, the rent roll and the NOI. And the, I, I, I did my, so it sounds like, it sounds like you got a little bit of education Correct. before you jumped in. So you Absolutely. took some, some Absolutely. training, coaching, mentoring, something along that line. Yeah. I um I did a, a Grant Cardone um, uh, boot camp or something on a Saturday, and after that boot camp, it was uh, I told a wife I said I need to buy an apartment complex. I'm not looking to flip houses or uh, do any of this other stuff. It's got to be an apartment complex. Yeah. So now I zeroed in on exactly what I was looking for, and it was probably a month or two later. It was, it was probably two months later that uh we uh, we got our first apartment complex under contract. Sweet, sweet. So what year was that? Uh, 2021. Okay. So, so not that long ago. All right. right. So right smack in the middle of the pandemic and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. So what has the trajectory looked like since then? What have you, how, how have you, where have you been focusing? What kind of properties have you been looking at? Have you been doing it all Lone Ranger? Have you started partnering with people? What, what is it? What do things look like today, Josh? Yeah. So the first one was on my my own, and then um, the second one, I have two other partners that are that are both business owners as well, and it's a forty eight unit. And then this last one we just syndicated; it's a forty unit. Um, they're all great buys. You can't, um, and I say great buys. We're buying these things for for fifty cents on a dollar, and it's they're incredible purchases, and they're not. Uh, this last one's a nineteen eighty nine. 40 units. It's a incredible uh, location vintage. Uh, it was mispriced. The um, The ownership team lives in California. Property management was running it into the ground financially. So it was looking like it was running a huge loss. So you, um, it was negative like 216,000 on the PL. Wow. I ran the numbers and it just, it made, makes total sense. So, so we, was, uh, was this an on-market deal or was this an off-market deal? 
It, it was through a broker. So oh, I got, wow. uh, they sent it over and I, I looked at it a couple of times and looked at it again, got the guidance and underwrote it. And there was absolutely no reason why it was operating according to their numbers. So we, um, we, we bought it for $73 a square foot. Uh, was there much competition on that building? Other, no, other- I think uh, everyone else looked at the financials like this is a horrible purchase, but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they didn't dig in a little bit more. All right. right. Uh, so it, it sounds like you got pretty good at the whole underwriting and, and seeing the diamond in the rough. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a part of it because right now it is extremely difficult to find anything in yeah. my opinion. It's worth buying. It's um I, I, I I came out of the uh, the FOMO syndrome where everyone's buying everything on a sub five cap and yeah. buying based on performa and it's just um yeah you, you're married to the property for three to five years at least you you do not want it to be a miserable three to five years we're, oh, we're, but we're in this to to we've got to provide for our families make money and we've got a responsibility to even be in business for the residents living in there. So you don't want to be irresponsible buying a business uh, on a on a future valuation. It just and that's what that's what's been happening. It still does happen. But um, so what are, what are your plans for these apartment buildings? Are you going to hold on to them long term? Are you going to sell them in five ten years? What what are your yeah, goals? This uh, the syndication we just did. Uh, that's going to be a case study uh, for me and for the uh, the GP team, the LPs, because of course I know my performance. I know what we can do. Um, we are very strategic, very methodical. We've got the uh, project managers here in house, our own crews, we can uh, procure our own labor material much cheaper than uh, a lot of other companies. So it's going to be a case study. We send weekly updates to all the investors every week. We've had it for uh, this is the fourth week we've had it. They've got weekly updates. The the monthly newsletter went out yesterday. So we're we're sending videos, we're sending pictures, um, uh, capex operations. So I want it to be a a case study of what to expect when you're working with uh, with us and our firm. Um, we'll sell it. We'll make the returns that we uh, we expect, and um, and on to next. And the intern, we're still underwriting. Uh, we we underwrite between eight and ten deals a week. None so of what do you what are you looking to do long term? Are you looking to just do more of these kind of short term deals? Or are you looking to kind of build up the portfolio long term for for creating that cash flow for? Yeah, yourself yeah. and your family. What? So uh, you you have to start with um, what is the destination you're taking your vessel, right? Yeah. You have to set a destination because we don't leave our harbor without it without a destination. We get lost at sea. The ten uh, year trajectory is ten thousand units. So at least I've got a destination. I've got a trajectory. Ten thousand units um, and a billion dollars of assets under management. That is that there is plenty of runway to get to a billion dollars assets under under management within 10 years it is uh the more real estate you buy the more you can qualify to purchase it's a um it's 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 just the way the industry works um get the right team around me get the right um the right properties of course and um it can happen quickly um the uh long term is ten thousand units and um you know, nice. just getting there just being conservative and buying yeah, right. so i mean getting getting there and not not selling off the projects lickety split kind of thing, but holding on right, to the yeah. long term. Yeah. Yeah. Hold forever if we can. That's the that's the name of the game. The uh, the, the exit creates a whole another problem. Now you have to well, that's, out that's what, money that's what I'm saying. So this case study that you're doing for this initial syndication is just kind of to show proof of concept to your your current investors, limited partners. 
to get the ball rolling for future deals? Is, is that what I'm understanding? That, that, is, that is it. Um, anyone else that wants to see proof of concept, I'll open up our, our uh, property management books and see, you can see where we've purchased that and, and where we've taken it to so far. I mean, that's about as proof as I can give because we haven't done an exit. We haven't done it. And really it's, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, they just yeah, kind of have to for this one. Correct. It's just create it's that a, case study. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, a full cycle, do a case study, um, show everyone that what we can do. And um, hopefully we've got another project lined up for them to reinvest in. But there's a problem when you when you sell, you've got to find another project to deploy the capital or yeah. Yeah, pay the gains. Yeah, well, it, it gets back to that transactional business, right? Versus creating that that passive cash flow. So So I'm just thinking out loud here. So you just want to kind of create the case study with this group of investors. How many do you have on board? How many LPs do you have in this deal with this indication? Uh, this one, it's got 12 LPs on the, uh, on the project. So okay. it's, um, it's so not a, not a huge number of, of people, but you know, 12. And is there, is there no way that you can structure it so that you have the option to hold on to it long-term and, cash the people out who want to get cashed out, keep the ones that want to be in there long-term just because it just seems like such a pity to I'm sure sell, we, the, sell the deal. Right. Sure. We can refinance and um, it can, we can just leverage the cash cow and keep squeezing as much as we can year over year. Um, and we, and we very well might just do that mm -hmm. if everyone's game for it and no one's in a, uh, an urgency, as long as we can get their principal back and put them in an infinite return. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why not? So it's uh, things can change. Uh, of course, um, it just depends on on everyone's appetite. Yeah. You know, so, Josh, what 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 did you do if you don't mind sharing your your process to do this first syndication? What were some of the things that you did to bring on these twelve LPs, or was that kind of a a group effort between you and some of the other GPs on the deal? It was a um, it was a hard decision because we could have uh, very well taken the deal down our, on our own, and um, and that was the idea going in. We got on a contract. We're going to go ahead and purchase uh, another forty units and um, add it to the portfolio. It, there's there's a point in time where you've got to make a decision on how how do you want to scale, how big do you want to scale, and and when is the right time. You've got to have the right deal to bring it the the people into in order to to build trust. Performance is uh, trust is built on performance. If I'm going to scale and I want to get to 10,000 units over a, a course of 10 years, the point of time is I've got to start syndicating and uh, bringing investors in. And um, it, this was the right project that felt right because it was safe enough. Um, I've always been a guinea pig on my own. I want to make sure that it, that I can do what I say I can do. And I'm the biggest risk myself, not someone else. So I uh, will run our 33 unit. I did exactly what I figured we could do on that one, the 48 unit. Uh, and now the four units. So I, I know what I know what we can do. And now I'm stepping into um, essentially private equity. So I want to make sure that, that of course, we're, we're doing it uh, uh, the right way. This is foundational on my end, just to, to learn the process of distributions, the mm -hmm. uh, the investor platform, Reporting. yeah, yeah, all the, yeah. everything uh, we've got. A, we, we brought on some very very good companies just to make sure that we're doing it right and we're standing it up right. I've got third-party accounting firm now that's looking over our internal books uh, for our accounting because accountability. I want to make sure that we're doing everything correctly. We created a no, I, I get that. So how did you how did you find these first 12 investors? Was it just you or were some of the other partners involved with raising the capital? 
um, so uh, I got into the room of, uh, of other people at Race Capital and um, essentially a deal room presented the deal. And then I had a couple of people reach out and they wanted to partake capital raisers. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another and uh, I had the GP team brought the capital and uh, operations was some other things. And um, it worked out. You know, yeah. New, new relationships were just born over a deal. So nice. Uh, and that, is that what you're planning to do moving ahead as well? For sure. Um, it's partnerships. You got to have the right partnership and uh, the right deal. It's plain matchmaker personalities. Um, uh, every deal has, um, as long as you've got the right people in on it, it works. It's mm-hmm. uh, raising capital is is an art of its own. And um, that's essential. What, what, have, what have you learned around this art in, with this experience? People follow people. Um, the investors that came on board were with the capital raisers and the capital raisers, they're vetting the deals, making sure the deals work for their investors and uh, their investors trust that their decision-making is, is where they're going to, to put their money. Um, these investors have a relationship with these, uh, with capital raisers. So, so the capital raisers, they're part of the GP team now. Do they have to have some other responsibilities as part right. of the, yeah, asset uh, asset management communications. Um, there's uh, decisions we're making, of course, just how um, how we want to make sure the property performs. But we've all got job duties and obligations, and uh, we've broken those out on Excel sheet. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, that makes a lot of sense. What have been some of the uh, the biggest learnings that you've come across transitioning from the business model you had before with your company? Um, that, that you were doing before that you grew so nicely, so so well over to real estate investing and, and syndications. What what have been some of the, the things that are similar yeah. and what have been some of the things that are different? It's night and day. The, the transactional income, it's when, when you create a, um, a funnel of con- consistent business, it works. Um, if you can't do that, it doesn't work. So there's a lot of mom and pop shops out there that are um, they're, they're gritting it every single day and, um, try even trying to get uh, accounts payable paid down from other people they do business with. It's a, it's, it is what it is. Multifamily, the accounting is, uh, extremely, a lot easier, uh, to deal with. You don't have the, the money's all coming in on the first of the month. <laughs> well, we hope, but, uh, it, it's less fragmented. You don't have money going here to do this, 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 but it's just, it's, it's, it's easier to, to, uh, make sure that you can, hone in on the, the right things to drive the NOI up uh, versus a, a an active transactional business. You have a lot of unknown costs that are just constantly. And things, and, and things that are out of your control, right? That's that's the beautiful thing about these multifamily properties, especially with your background. You control so much more of this asset perhaps than you you, you can with other things. With yeah. other you, you control the performance. It, yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. it. The performance is in your hands and you can um, either by cutting cost or adding certain things to where um, you where you can add additional income into the property but uh, you don't uh, you don't have to go put a, a marketing campaign together to drive new revenue in it is you've got your revenue how can you boost it or, and how can you modify your expenses mm-hmm. it's, um, and, and just recapture in, in transactional you're constantly filling up the cup and the yeah. money's always falling out of the bottom of the cup and um, it, in multifamily the money's in the cup how do you keep the money in the cup right? Or the taps always on, <laughs> something right. like that, right? Right. So you, right. You don't. You don't have to be going down to the river or whatever. The right. the tap stays on with 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 the real estate deals. 
Yeah, very, very well said. No, that's that is exciting. So yeah, you've got a very clear path ahead of you. You got uh, big audacious goals. That's fantastic. You're building up the the street cred. You're doing things right by getting started on the right foot when it comes to syndications. You're kind of doing a small one to do proof of concept. You brought on some professional partners that really know their stuff when it comes to raising capital and you're you're figuring it out and making sure that that you're ready to scale. So at this point you're you're at 100 and whatever doors in the portfolio to reach your goals for 10,000 units in 10 years that's adding about 1,000 doors a year give or take. So uh what what are your thoughts around that for finding these deals making sure that they they make sense or are you going to have to go out to a lot more different markets or what does that look like for you, Josh? So we're in the Midwest. We're in a great market. Um, I think the Sun Belt's taking a hitting right now, but there's 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 positive migration. If you find the right submarkets, there's positive migration, and you can make things happen. It's getting ahead of of the trend because if you go where the herd is, the deals are already taken. Yeah. You know, you've got a. I like I like tertiary markets. I like secondary. I'm not looking for for uh, anything in um, any core core plus, but. Um, I want to stay in the Midwest or um, uh, you know, just right on the Sunbelt line. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to get into Florida and um, some of these other markets, but they're just, you get the insurance costs. That's astronomical. I think mm-hmm. up here, we're at $132 uh, uh, per door compared to somewhere at like 16 to 2,500 per door. Wow. wow. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, and, and that's just the coastal cities, but um yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have to venture out beyond where we're at, of course. And that, that's where, if you have bigger properties, hundred plus doors, two hundred plus doors, you've got uh, management on site right there. Now you just micromanage the management, get them on board with with uh, our mission, our vision, and where we're heading. And if you can't, unfortunately, you have to make some moves. But use utilize the management on site, and that enables us to scale faster and quicker because we've already we're just plugging in management. We're plugging in our ability to purchase materials at a much cheaper rate because of our national account statues. We're, we're able to, to do things in multifamily that I couldn't. When we were scaling uh, United, we were, I mean, you're talking about all new staff in each location and training them. And then all new installation crews, making sure they they can do what they say they can do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's multifamily is plug and play. It's like a franchise. You, you're, you're buying a business that's operating. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, no, and you can centralize your operations. You can have your core group of staff working right where you are and just kind of managing the the on-site people yeah. in the different locations. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, this has been great, Josh. Thank you very much for sharing some time. If people want to connect with you and find out more, what should they do? Uh, get our website, applemangroup.com. That's A-P-P-E-L-M-A-N group.com. Um I've got a, a podcast as well. It's uh, Real Estate Hustlers. You can find us out there. Um, we uh, I, I post on social media all the time, so I like to to, to show people what we're doing, what we're about. Uh, I used to hate social media. Now it's I got to I got to show people what we're doing. So, um, but that's it. Just uh, look me up, uh, and we'll connect. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, and all the best with your with your ten year plan. All right, Dave. I appreciate you. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks.